Live from the inside of a Google self-driving car, it's Match of the Year podcast. I'm Chris Garcia, your host. Today we're looking at a very interesting match, and it's one that, uh, to me, is a bit controversial. It is the 2006 six-man tag team match from Ring of Honor, uh, from the visiting Dragon Gate promotion, and it's Blood Generation, Sima, Yoshina, and Doi, taking on Do Fixer, Dragon Kid, uh, Genki Haraguchi, and Saito. Let me just say this first, before I get into the more critical aspects of this. This is a really, really good match. There's no, there's no other way to put it. It's a really, really good match. But it is not what a lot of people assign it. And that's sort of my problem with it. Let's start with the basics. There are people who claim three things. One, this is the best six-man match they've ever seen. Two, this is the best Japanese-style match they've ever seen. Three, this was the best match of 2006. I disagree with all of those. And I know part of that whole I've ever seen thing makes sense, because a lot of people don't see a lot of Japanese wrestling. I'm just a bit geeky. That said, I'll be saying these from my point of view. Let's start with the very simple things. Dragon Gate. This is founded by Ultimo Dragon. You may remember him from such matches as all of them of the 1990s. A amazing wrestler, spectacular, big star all around the world. I just saw him in March in San Jose during the uh, WrestleMania weekend. And while he wasn't as spectacular as he used to be, he still got it. He had started a gym where he trained a lot of wrestlers. And among them, I believe, are all six of these guys. The Dragon Gate promotion then also has Dragon Gate USA, which is a lot of the same people with a lot of Americans also added in. And it's really good to watch. And if you get a chance to see some of it, do. Blood Generation, headed by SEMA, has been around for at least seven years. I think even longer than that. Maybe might even start in 2004 or 5. Sima is probably, I think he was one of Dragon's first graduates from his dojo. And he's spectacular. He's had a great career so far. Uh, amazing matches with the likes of uh, Milano Collection AT, a couple with Ultimo that I can think of, Dragon Kid, of course. He's solid, and he's been around for, I think he's going on nearly... 17, 18, 16, 17 years. He's been around. He's great. He also wrestled in WCW very briefly, which was cool. I don't know much about Do Fixer. I do know that Dragon Kid is one of the greatest high flyers, and I want to say he was the one who Ultimo picked to be his sort of successor. And he's done some spectacular stuff. Everything we were saying about Ultimo Dragon in 93, 4, 5, we're saying, well, we were saying in five in 2005, 6, 7 about Dragon Kid. Spectacular high flyer. Fast as I'll get out. If you have a chance to see his match with, I think it was from 2012, with Ricochet, it's spectacular. Really just phenomenal. Great worker. So we have these two factions that are, and I want to say they've been feuding for a while. That's my one big problem with this, is that there's no sort of backstory to play with, and there's sort of things to go here. So let's start with the, this is the best six-man ever. Six-man tag teams have been around almost as long as, you know, two-man tag teams, I guess. Um, they are a great way to tell a bunch of stories at once. So, 
in Lucha, you have these sort of faction wars, uh, often with a trio that identifies with each other, like uh, Los Brazos or uh, Atlantis and his teams or uh, Divianos. And they, they really came to prominence in the 1980s. In Japan, they were already, by the time that they became big in Mexico, in Japan, they had already had a long tradition of doing six-man tags, uh, often because that would allow them to sort of hide the weakness of uh, aging stars who needed sort of protecting. Because uh, you, you get six guys, and you can have one or two weak links and work around them. Uh, Giant Baba became that sort of, he needed that after a while. Uh, All Japan, though, became famous for their six-man uh, in the 19, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, first, as a part of the uh, Misawa versus Tsuruta feud. Uh, I believe it even won Feud of the Year of the Observer in 1991. And then later, just as a way to sort of showcase all this huge amount of talent. And usually they were the main events of the TV shows. There were some legendary ones. And these are the ones I really think that people should seek out. Things like... Uh, Akira Tawe, Toshiaki Kawada, and I want to say Kikuchi, might have been Ogawa, versus Akiyama, Kobashi, and Misawa. Five of the best wrestlers of the last 30 years in one match with a fifth, with a sixth guy. It was still good. If it was Kikuchi, Kikuchi was really solid. If it was Masafuchi, Fuchi was always pretty solid. I don't really remember who the sixth was, to be honest. But matches like that, they were all sorts of them. There were matches with Stan Hansen, Johnny Ace, and Steve Williams. There were all sorts of these great matches that were main events because they allowed you to tell a whole bunch of different stories at once. And that's important. What that does is that allows you to not only get all these storylines, but allows you to get storylines that drive other matches forward. So that's one of the things that I felt was missing in this match is you didn't get a lot of storyline connection. And maybe it's just because I didn't get that from the announcing or something, but I really didn't feel like I was watching a match that was a part of something bigger. On the line of the best six-mans I've ever seen and the best Japanese-style wrestling in America I've ever seen, this is neither of those. The best six-man I think I've ever seen, or at least the one I love the most, let's, be, let's put it like that, and the best Japanese-style match I've ever seen on American shores is the Michinoku Pro match at bar the Barely Legal pay-per-view, where you had uh, the Kayantai team of Dick Togo, Men's Teo, and uh, Taka Michinoku taking on the great Sasuke, Grand Naniwa, and Grand Hamada. Or actually, no, that one it was Yakushiji, not Naniwa. Uh, Naniwa, they'd had another one earlier, I believe, in Revere, Matt, no, in Methuen? was somewhere in Massachusetts. Maybe it was Worcester. Uh, but that one's on YouTube. You can find that one. It's great. It really is a good match. The Barely Legal pay-per-view is on the network on the ECW pay-per-views. They're great. And in many ways, there are so many similarities between this. For the matches that you would see in Michinoku between these six, it was a good match, not a great match. Same thing with this in Dragon's Gate, the Dragon's Gate match. If you saw this match, and I've seen a couple on YouTube, uh, if you see this match in Japan, it's much different. 
there's a whole different sort of sensibility. And maybe that's because that that group who's watching it understands what's going on and has the storyline sort of built in so they can do more. But this was neither the best Japanese-style match nor the best six-man match I've ever seen. Best match of 2006, not even close as far as I'm concerned. And there's actually a slightly good reason for this. The slightly good reason is that there was more than one of them. <laughs> and that sounds weird. Yes, there was an amazing Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle match. There were Kenta versus Brian Danielson. There was some spectacular, spectacular stuff going on in TNA, in Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, Morifuji versus Kenta, there were a couple of those. But the thing that really blew my mind was AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe in TNA. And I think there were five of them that year, in 2006. Each one of them amazing. I don't think any of them got, or at least deserved, less than four and a half stars. Those were the best three-way matches I'd ever seen. They absolutely blow anything out of the water. I would actually put the weakest of them on par with the Shawn Michaels, uh, Chris Benoit, Triple H, WrestleMania match, which I believe also won a match or two, match of the year or two. But they were so good, and there were a number of reasons for that. Uh, the one that gets me the most, the reason why I think that those should have been the match of the years, was that they drove forward. They had all these storylines. They had three major storylines. The Daniels-AJ storyline that was long-running, and then AJ and Samoa Joe, who had a storyline that was really smart. But then there was a really fascinating AJ and Joe versus... Daniel's storyline. And it was sort of Daniel fighting for his spot among the gods. It's sort of the best way I can put it. With the Fallen Angel gimmick, I guess that makes sense. Solid, 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 solid. At least two four stars. I would say the rest are probably in the four and three quarters, maybe four and a half. Uh, I've included a list of the rest of the best of 2006. Admittedly, they're not all the best, but there are some that are spectacular. One of the things that's missing from this, and it's a stylistic thing, is subtlety. And I'll pick another 2006 match, Brian Danielson versus Kenta from Pro Wrestling Noah. And there's subtlety there. Uh, Kenta works over Danielson's knee, and Danielson gives him the German suplex, but he can't hold his bridge. It falters a little. That's, that's subtle. There's not a lot of subtlety here. There's a whole lot of action. I had a friend who called these matches spot foo, mostly referring to things like the These Days 10-man match uh, from Michinoku Pro. I don't know if I'd go that far. There's a lot of great work in it. There's a lot of great storytelling in it. There's not a lot of subtlety. The intensity is there. That's for absolutely damn sure. The blood generation works as heels, more or less. Uh, in particular, uh, Sima is great at that. Yoshino's good at it, too. On the Do Fixer, you have Dragon Kid, who's working as a face flyer, and he's great at it. He really is amazing. Find his matches. They're really worthwhile. But Saito is the guy who gets me. Because he works a lot like my favorite Michinoku Pro star, Dick Togo. And he's no less of a flyer. He can still do the flying. But he's also an impressive sort of platform that other guys can work off of. Also throws a couple of really nice suplexes in this one. I think this match is, I would argue, a five-star match. I have the problem with it that it is a five-star match that didn't win match of the year because it was the best match. 
It won match of the year because of the environment that it was in. In this case, Ring of Honor on an absolute hot streak that it was a promotion that a lot of folks hadn't seen in the U.S. who came. And three, and this is actually the one I think that did do it, was that the other stuff had split the vote. It had, had sort of gone a bunch of different ways. It's not a bad match, and I have to have to stress that because it's not a bad match. It's a good match. It's a really good. It's a freaking great match. But I don't know if it's match of the year, and I wish, I really wish that AJ versus Joe versus Daniels had won. But no, not every match can win match of the year. Hmm, go figure. We're going to be talking about the last of the three Ring of Honor match of the years: Brian Danielson versus Morishima, another match of Japanese wrestlers in Ring of Honor. And hopefully we'll have another special. We did the special on the the Guerrilla Warfare match. I kind of want to do one on a match that a lot of people might not have seen, or very few of you saw. The From Mercury Rising, uh, the Evolve pay-per-view, that was in San Jose. I want to look at a potential 2015 match of the year in Timothy Thatcher versus Chris Hero. We'll look at that. Also, hopefully we're going to have some interviews with folks about the upcoming shows in Santa Clara and Gilroy. Hopefully, Nicole Savoy is going to be one of them, and I really have some great questions for her. So stick around. This has been Match of the Year Podcast.